This is the Friday, February 24, 2023 installment of our market analysis segment. In the face of the one-year anniversary of the war in Ukraine, the bigger factor in price for the commodity markets came from the domestic side as acres and stocks numbers were issued at the 2023 Ag Outlook Forum. For the holiday shortened week, the nearby wheat contract plummeted 55 cents, while the May corn contract fell 28 cents. The outlook released at the forum was neutral for soybeans, even with higher projected supplies, crush, exports, and ending stocks. The May soybean contract shed three cents, while the May meal contract added 510 per ton. May cotton expanded by 340 per hundredweight, an increase of just over 4%. Over in the dairy parlor, April class three milk futures declined by 13 cents. The livestock market was higher as April cattle added 73 cents. April feeders improved by 313, and the April lean hog contract gained 75 cents. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index added 133 ticks. April crude oil declined 28 cents per barrel. Comex gold lost 25.40 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs commodity index dropped by more than eight points to settle at 570 even. Joining us now is regular market analyst, Mr. Ted Seifert. Hello, Ted. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing fine, but I'm not trying to sit on any wheat right now. Tough week. We have gone, we were up 80 cents over two months. Yep. And now dramatically lower. So I always get asked this, do I sell now to avoid pain later? Yeah. Uh, It was a tough week week for wheat, right? Uh, For a couple of reasons. One, you have China asking Russia to cease and desist, right? And so there are some thoughts out there that maybe this thing might come to a conclusion sooner than later, which means that maybe there's a bit more premium in the wheat market than what needs to be. Uh, And wheat has really been in a very dramatic downtrend for the past six months. You also had a sharply higher dollar there on Friday. Uh, That doesn't help things. And from a technical perspective, you had a lot of people, a lot of analysts, a lot of chartists saying, hey, look, we might have a really nice uh, inverse head and shoulders formation on the wheat chart, creating a long-term bottom that started in the beginning of December. Well, Friday, we took that second shoulder out. And not only that, we took the head out. We made a new contract low for Chicago wheat. So now you have a much different looking chart than what you did this time last week, or even Wednesday for that matter. So. Yes, um, there is cause for concern in wheat. There is cause for concern from a technical standpoint. There is cause for, for concern from a fundamental global standpoint. There is continued talk of you know, recession, depression, things like that. Um, and our exports just haven't really, never really came to fruition from when we were talking about, oh, wow, you know, Russia, Ukraine aren't going to be able to export and we're going to see this big influx of, of U.S. exports and it just never happened. I guess I'm going to go back to my original question, though. Right. Do you sell to avoid this thing going lower? Because all of a sudden, if you do that, do you create another problem on a technical side where you see a whole bunch of sales and the market goes even lower? Yeah, Paul, I don't know if your sales are going to make the market go lower. I think there's a lot of bigger and and bigger fish in play right now. But, um, yeah, i got to say, it really didn't have a warm and fuzzy feeling at the end of the week for wheat. I think there's got to be a bit of fear there. Uh, And that fear may really start to snowball a bit uh, because there was a whole lot of hope and that hope has been dashed and whenever that happens, then producers come in and sell, that can snowball on top of itself. Uh, Yeah, I think sooner the better, right? So what do I do? 
Uh, we, look, I, I'm always a big fan of the synthetic put scenario. When you've got a market that's been in a downtrend coming from elevated prices, you can sell cash and then you can own calls fairly cheaply because, again, you've got a market that's been in a bear trend, so those, the call options aren't all that expensive. That creates a floor, right? I mean, you, you made your cash, sa cash sale. You don't have to worry about the downside anymore. But you can reown that, not paying a whole lot, by owning the call options. But either way, I think it is time to take some fairly aggressive protection. At the end of last week, middle of this week, you kind of said, all right, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Maybe this is a bottom. Maybe we're going to see uh, a bigger rebound than what we've seen over the past six months. You got an answer to that later in the week. You, you waited and you saw, and now we see, and now you have to take action on the other side. It's not the preferred action, granted, but it's an action nonetheless. Is the wheat market an indicator to the corn market of yeah. what could happen quickly? <clears throat> so... <sighs> You've had a bit of a disconnect between wheat and corn, right? Corn has been in a well, slightly higher but mostly sideways trend, whereas the wheat has been really in a, a longer-term downtrend for the last six months. But now that wheat prices are getting closer to corn prices, back to like a normal range, now you do feel like wheat is going to have a bigger influence on the corn market. So yes, you see what happened there on Friday, wheat making new contract low or making new lows. And if you're a corn bull, you say, oh, no, that is a problem. Like, if wheat continues another leg lower from here, that will now start to weigh a lot more heavily on the corn market than it has in, in the past few months. And then you look at what corn did at the end of this week, and that has to be a bit of a wake-up call. Well, and let's go then to that December, because that new crop situation, I was just going to look at the number, but you sure. stopped right in the middle of, of, your, of what I was thinking. 3% on, so is it cutting it short now? Why is the disconnect a little bit between these two months? Why not a bigger move lower on December corn? First of all, we have a bit of a export problem, right? Uh, we saw it again Friday morning with the delayed export sales. Export sales were there. That's about the best thing you can say about them. They were at the low end of the trade, uh, trade estimates. And that continues to happen week after week after week. And it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, we all can say, all right, well, look, give it time. Give it time. But we've been saying that for a while. And we've given it time. And they haven't picked up. In the face of the last three months of talking about this major catastrophe happening in Argentina, right, well, if global end users were really concerned about that, if they were sitting there thinking, well, I, I know I'm going to need a lot of corn this year, and Argentina's falling apart, I really got to come in and buy that U.S. corn. Well, they haven't done that. There's no sense of urgency, Paul. So what does that mean? Does that mean that they just don't believe what's happening in Argentina is real? I don't think so. I think that the demand is just not out there. And why would, why would that demand go away? Well, <laughs> high prices are the cure for high prices, right? That's, I, I don't love cliches, but that's a really good one. So oh, that's just a really bad sign for global demand. That lack of urgency from the global end user to come in and buy U.S. Uh, uh, to, to make those export sales, that's a problem. And so that's being reflected up front. You've got that, that major inverse in the market, and so that's under pressure. But now we're, after Ag, Look for, I, after Ag Outlook Forum, on Friday, you saw that back month, December, coming down pretty decently yeah. as well. In soybeans, you're almost having some of those same factors, but they're much more real, and maybe the market's responding. Uh, you're at eight-month highs 
and then there's this word of frost in Argentina. So all of a sudden it becomes a weather story, and the market responded pretty much like that. However, this Brazilian large crop, when you were talking about Brazil and the corn discussion, I thought you were talking about beans. But if Brazil has this large crop, is the if gone? Is it a large crop in Brazil? And finally, the market's taking it into consideration. Well, first of all, back with corn, we still have to see what happens with that second season corn crop in Brazil. What you saw Thursday and Friday in corn, that big precipitous drop, I don't know if this is the real deal or not, if market's going to fall apart. I think this is foreshadowing what might come in the future because I, I at least feel like the market should hold on to some weather premium until we know more about that second season Brazil crop. But for soybeans, it's a different story. That Brazil crop is for all intents and purposes done, and it's a very good one, and it's coming to ports. And you see basis at Brazilian ports well under uh, what it would normally be this time of year, suggesting that they're behind on on their export sales. So that's going to be a problem going forward. Now, beans have kind of held on because of the opposite corn. The export sales have been good, and they've stayed good for longer than what we normally would expect. So, you know, there Friday morning, you see over half a million metric tons sold, and you say, wow, uh, while it's not what we were seeing four or five weeks ago, it's still a pretty robust number, 20 million bushels or so. So that bean balance sheet is as tight as advertised unless a bunch of those sales get canceled. So beans are kind of trying to hold up, especially old crop beans, where you see new crop being the one that wants to lead the way lower. But you look at that basis in Brazil, you look at the Brazilian farmer being very undersold, you have to understand that there's going to be a lot of selling coming to the market in the very near future. So, yeah, you know, I worry about beans. Beans tried to hold on to technical support at the end of the week this week. We'll see what happens next week. Matt, my follow-up to Ted on the wheat market will come in Market Plus. Matt has a really good question about relations with China, but I need to get to livestock cattle on feed today. Um, We have seen... uh, Brazil and China over BSE, is that impacting the U.S. market yet? You know, well, we didn't see it in export sales because that's, you know... Too soon. Yeah, too soon, right? Um, The best thing I can say to that is that when we found out about it, we kind of came out of the gate hot and then sort of backtracked on that a little bit. But, you know, you got to consider, we're already at some very elevated prices, right? So it's that's I don't think that's a bad showing for the market. Uh, I think over time, we we want to take the stance of let's see these exports happen, and then we'll kind of, you know, get excited about it. But <sighs> look at cattle on feed numbers. I mean, that report was expected to be bullish. It came out to be a little bit more bullish than expectations even. You saw weights drop six pounds week over week. We are now below the five-year average for the first time in a long time. We're down 16 pounds on weights from where we were this time last year. So not only do we not have the animals out there, but we're also watching weights decline at a very rapid pace. This is a very bullish supply side situation. On the other hand, you got to talk about demand. And there's been a little bit of question about that, especially late in the week, which kind of, I think, kept a lid on the cattle because you see that dollar getting stronger, because you see the stock market coming off, because you're hearing all this this talk of recession and and problems with China and and so on and so forth. So the supply side of cattle is really bullish and that's been reflected in pricing in the markets. The demand side of the question, uh, we we sort of go back and forth on that, whether we think, oh, demand's gonna be gangbusters or whether demand's gonna start to cool off because this, you know, 
domestic global recession that's been really very advertised for the last few months. And we've talked about it impacting grains. <clears throat> you and I have discussed this several times. But the hog market then, yeah. facing some of those same scenarios, at some point China's going to come in and buy. Yeah, which they, they did. 12,000 metric tons there uh, on Friday. 50, over 50,000 metric tons on export sales there Friday morning. Wow, that was impressive. Yet, hogs closed lower on the day. You don't have the same supply side scenario in hogs that you do in cattle. Um, weights are all right. You know, the number of, of hogs out there, yeah, okay, it's not as robust as it has been at certain times, but on Friday, when you get a really good export sales number and you say, oh, wow, we should be off to the races, but then you look over at, at uh, the Dow down over 400 points and, and the dollar up over 600 points, and you say, oh, okay, well, but demand going forward, is that going to continue? I'm optimistic that BSE in, in uh, Brazil is not only going to be bullish beef exports, but I think that could yeah. actually be bullish pork exports. I'm okay. optimistic we, on... I got to go. I got to cut you off. They're telling me we're done. Ted, thank <laughs> you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. That'll do it. All right, thank you very much, Ted. We're going to put a pause in this analysis, continue that discussion in our Market Plus. You can find that on our website of markettomarket.org. For those of you watching this over traditional television via the web, or on the web, this is the start of our annual pledge drive. If you believe in this service that you have trusted for nearly five decades, consider investing in your local public TV station to keep programs like this one in production. We thank you for your support. Next week, we look at how Native Americans have give, been given a little more say in what goes into their grocery carts. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great week.